This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Enchanted Island of You by L. Frank Baum. Read by Ted DeLorme in Fort Mill, South Carolina, during November 2006. Chapter 14 The Kai and the Kai Kai. From the tops of the hills, the travelers caught their first glimpse of the wonderful cities of Twi. Two walls surrounded the cities, and in the walls were two gates just alike. Within the enclosures stood many houses, but all were built in pairs, from the poorest huts to the most splendid palaces. Every street was double, the pavements running side by side. There were two lamp-posts on every corner, and in the dim twilight that existed these lamp-posts were quite necessary. If there were trees or bushes anywhere, they invariably grew in pairs, and if a branch was broken on one, it was sure to be broken on the other, and dead leaves fell from both trees at identically the same moment. Much of this marvel and Nurl learned after they had entered the cities, but the view from the hills showed plainly enough that the double plan existed everywhere and in every way in this strange land. They followed the paths down to the gates of the walls, where two pairs of soldiers rushed out and seized their horses by the bridles. These soldiers all seemed to be twins, or at least mates, and each one of each pair was as like the other as are two peas growing in the same pod. If one had a red nose, the other's was red in the same degree, and the soldiers that held the bridles of Nurl's horse both had their left eyes bruised and blackened, as if from a blow of the same force. These soldiers, as they looked upon Nurl and the prince, seemed fully as much astonished and certainly more frightened than their prisoners. They were dressed in bright yellow uniforms with green buttons, and the soldiers who had arrested the prince had both torn their left coat-sleeves, and had patches of the same shape upon the seats of their trousers. "'How dare you stop us, fellows?' asked the prince sternly. The soldiers holding his horse both turned and looked inquiringly at the soldiers holding Nurl's horse, and these turned to look at a double captain who came out of two doors in the wall and walked up to them. "'Such things were never before heard of,' said the two captains, their startled eyes fixed upon the prisoners. "'We must take them to the Kai and the Kai-Kai.' "'Why so?' asked Prince Marvel. "'Because,' replied the officers, "'they are our rulers under grace of the High Kai, "'and all unusual happenings must be brought to their notice. "'It is our law, you know, the law of the Kingdom of Twi.' "'Very well,' said Marvel quietly. "'Take us where you will. "'But if any harm is intended us, you will be made to regret it.' "'The Kai and the Kai Kai will decide.' returned the captains gravely, their words sounding at the same instant. And then the two pairs of soldiers led the horses through the double streets, the captains marching ahead with drawn swords, 
and crowds of twin men and twin women coming from the double doors of the double houses to gaze upon the strange sight of men and horses who were not double. Presently they came upon a twin palace with twin turrets rising high into the air, and before the twin doors the prisoners dismounted. Marvel was escorted through one door, and Nerle through another, and then they saw each other going down a double hallway to a room with a double entrance. Passing through this, they found themselves in a large hall with two domes set side by side in the roof. The domes were formed of stained glass, and the walls of the hall were ornamented by pictures in pairs, each pair showing identically the same scenes. This was, of course, reasonable enough in such a land where two people would always look at two pictures at the same time and admire them in the same way with the same thoughts. Beneath one of the domes stood a double throne on which sat the Kai of Twy, a pair of grey-bearded and bald-headed men who were lean and lank and stoop-shouldered, they had small eyes, black and flashing, long hooked noses, great pointed ears, and they were smoking two pipes from which the smoke curled in exactly the same circles and clouds. Beneath the other dome sat the Kai Kai of Twy, also on double thrones similar to those of the Kai. The Kai Kai were two young men, and had golden hair combed over their brows and banged straight across, and their eyes were blue and mild in expression, and their cheeks pink and soft. The Kai-Kai were playing softly upon a pair of musical instruments that resembled mandolins, and they were evidently trying to learn a new piece of music, for when one Kai-Kai struck a false note, the other Kai-Kai struck the same false note at the same time, and the same expression of annoyance came over the two faces at the same moment. When the prisoners entered, the pair of captains and soldiers bowed low to the two pairs of rulers, and the Kai exclaimed, both in the same voice of surprise, "'Great Kikaku, what have we here?' "'Most wonderful prisoners, your highness,' answered the captains. "'We found them at your city's gates and brought them to you at once.' They are, as your highness will see, each singular, and but half of what he should be. "'Tis so!' cried the double Kai, in loud voices, and slapping their right thighs with their right palms at the same time. "'Most remarkable! Most remarkable!' "'I don't see anything remarkable about it,' returned Prince Marvel calmly. "'It is you who are not singular, but double, that seems strange and outlandish.' "'Perhaps, perhaps,' said the two old men, thoughtfully. "'It is what we are not accustomed to that seems to us remarkable. "'Eh, Kai-Kai?' they added, turning to the other rulers. "'The Kai-Kai, who had not spoken a word but continued to play softly, "'simply nodded their blonde heads carelessly. "'So the Kai looked again at the prisoners and asked, "'How did you get here?' "'We cut a hole through the prickly hedge,' replied Prince Marvel. "'A hole through the hedge? Oh, great Kikaku!' cried the grey-bearded Kai. 
"'Is there, then, anything or any place on the other side of the hedge?' "'Why, of course. The world is there,' returned the prince, laughing. The old men looked puzzled, and glanced sharply from their little black eyes at the prisoners. "'We thought nothing existed outside the hedge of Twy,' they answered simply. "'But your presence here proves we were wrong, eh, Kai-Kai?' This last was again directed toward the pair of musicians, who continued to play and only nodded quietly as before. "'Now that you are here,' said the twin Kai, stroking their two grey beards with their two left hands in a nervous way, "'it must be evident to you that you do not belong here. Therefore you must go back through the hedge again and stay on the other side.' "'Eh, Kai-Kai?' The Kai-Kai still continued playing, but now spoke the first words the prisoners had heard from them. "'I must die,' said the Kai-Kai, in soft, agreeable voices. "'Die?' echoed the Quin kai "'Die? Great Kikaku! And why so?' "'Because if there is a world on the other side of the hedge, they would tell on their return all about the land of Twy, and others of their kind would come through the hedge from curiosity and annoy us. We cannot be annoyed. We are busy. Having delivered this speech, both the Kai-Kai went on playing the new tune, as if the matter was settled. Nonsense, retorted the old Kai angrily. You are getting more and more bloodthirsty every day, our sweet and gentle Kai-Kai. But we are the Kai, and we say the prisoners shall not die. We say they shall, answered the youthful Kai-Kai, nodding their two heads at the same time with a positive motion. You might be the Kai. But we are a Kai-Kai, and you're superior. Not in this case, declared the old men. Where life and death are concerned, we have equal powers with you. And if we disagree? asked the players gently. Oh, great Kikaku, if we disagree, the High Kai must judge between us, roared the twin Kai excitedly. Quite so, answered the Kai-Kai. The strangers must die. They shall not die, stormed the old men with fierce gestures toward the others, while both pairs of black eyes flashed angrily. And we disagree, and they must be taken to the high kai, returned the blonde musicians, beginning to play another tune. The two kai rose from their thrones, paced two steps to the right and three steps to the left, and then sat down again. "'Very well,' they said to the captains, who had listened unmoved to the quarrel of the rulers. "'Keep these half-men safe prisoners until to-morrow morning, and then the Kai-Kai and we ourselves will conduct them to the mighty High-Kai.' At this command the twin captains bowed again to both pairs of rulers, and led Prince Marvel and Nurl from the room. Then they were escorted along the streets to the twin houses of the captains, and here the officers paused and scratched their left ears with uncertain gestures. "'There being only half of each of you,' they said, "'we do not know how to lock each of you in double rooms.' 
"'Oh, let us occupy the same room,' said Prince Marvel. "'We prefer it.' "'Very well,' answered the captains. "'We must transgress our usual customs in any event, "'so you may as well be lodged as you wish.' So Nerle and the prince were thrust into a large and pleasant room of one of the twin houses. The double doors were locked upon them by twin soldiers, and they were left to their own thoughts. End Chapter 14 Chapter 15 The High Kai of Twi uh, "'Tell me, Prince, are we awake or asleep?' asked Nerle, as soon as they were alone. "'There is no question of our being awake,' replied the Prince, with a laugh. <laughs> "'But what a curious country it is, and what a funny people!' "'We can't call them odd or singular,' said the Esquire, "'for everything is even in numbers, and double in appearance. "'It makes me giddy to look at them, "'and I keep feeling of myself to make sure there is still only one of me.' "'You are but half a boy,' laughed the prince. "'At least so long as you remain in the land of Twy.' "'I'd like to get out of it in double-quick time,' answered Nerle. "'And we should even now be on the other side of the hedge, "'were it not for that wicked pair of Kai-Kai who are determined to kill us.' "'It is strange,' said the prince thoughtfully, "'that the fierce-looking old Kai should be our friends, "'and the gentle Kai-Kai our enemies.' Hmm. "'How little one can tell from appearances what sort of heart beats in a person's body!' Before Nerle could answer, the two doors opened, and two pairs of soldiers entered. They drew two small tables before the prince and two before Nerle, and then other pairs of twin soldiers came and spread cloths on the tables, and set twin platters of meat and bread and fruit on each of the tables. When the meal had been arranged, the prisoners saw that there was enough for four people instead of two, and the soldiers realized this also, for they turned puzzled looks first on the tables and then on the prisoners. Then they shook all their twin heads gravely and went away, locking the twin doors behind them. "'We have one advantage in being singular,' said Nerle cheerfully, "'and that is we are not likely to starve to death.' "'for we can eat the portions of our missing twins as well as our own.' "'I should think you would enjoy starving,' remarked the prince. "'No, I believe I have more exquisite suffering in store for me "'since I have met that gentle pair of Kai-Kai,' said Nerle. "'While they were eating, the two captains came in and sat down in two chairs. "'These captains seemed friendly fellows, "'and after watching the strangers for a while they remarked, "'We are glad to see you able to eat so heartily, for to-morrow you will probably die.' "'That is by no means certain,' replied Marvel, cutting a piece from one of the twin birds on a platter before him, to the extreme surprise of the captains, who had always before seen both birds carved alike at the same time. "'Your grey-bearded old Kai say we shall not die.' "'True,' answered the captains. "'But the Kai-Kai have declared you shall.' "'Their powers seem to be equal,' said Nerle, "'and we are to be taken before the High Kai for judgment.' "'Therein lies your danger,' returned the captain, "'speaking in the same tones and with the same accents on their words. "'For it is well known the Kai-Kai has more influence with the High Kai than the Kai has.' 
Hold on, cried Nerle. You are making me dizzy again. I, I, I can't keep track of all these Kai's. What is the High Kai like? asked Prince Marvel, who was much interested in the conversation of the captains. But this question the officers seemed unable to answer. They shook their heads slowly and said, The High Kai are not visible to the people of Twi. Only in cases of the greatest importance are the High Kai ever bothered or even approached by the Kai and the Kai Kai, who are supposed to rule the land according to their own judgment. But if they chance to disagree, then the matter is carried before the High Kai, who live in a palace surrounded by high walls in which there are no gates. Only these rulers have ever seen the other side of the walls, or know what the High Kai are like. That is strange, said the prince. But we ourselves, it seems, are to see the High Kai tomorrow, and whoever they may chance to be, we hope to remain alive after the interview. That is a vain hope, answered the captains, for it is well known that the High Kai usually decide in favor of the Kai Kai against the wishes of the old Kai. That is certainly encouraging, said Nerle. When the captains had gone and left them to themselves, the esquire confided to his master his expectations in the following speech. This High Kai sounds something terrible and fierce in my ears, and as they are doubtless a pair, they will be twice terrible and fierce. Perhaps his royal doublets will torture me most exquisitely before putting me to death, and then I shall feel that I have not lived in vain. They slept in comfortable beds that night, although an empty twin bed stood beside each one they occupied, and in the morning they were served another excellent meal, after which the captains escorted them again to the twin palaces of the Kai and the Kai Kai. There the two pairs of rulers met them, and headed the long procession of soldiers toward the palace of the High Kai. First came a band of music, in which many queer sorts of instruments were played in pairs by twin musicians, and it was amusing to Nerle to see the twin drummers roll their twin drums exactly at the same time, and the twin trumpets peal out twin notes. After the band marched the double kai-kai and the double kai, their four bodies side by side in a straight line. The kai-kai had left their musical instruments in the palace, and now wore yellow gloves with green stitching down the backs, and swung gold-headed canes jauntily as they walked. The kai stooped their aged shoulders and shuffled along with their hands in their pockets, and only once did they speak, and that was to roar, Great Kikakoo! when the kai-kai jabbed their canes down on the kai's toes. Following the Kai-Kai and the Kai came the Prince and Nerle, escorted by the twin captains, and then there were files of twin soldiers bringing up the rear. Crowds of twin people, with many twin children amongst them, turned out to watch the unusual display, and many pairs of twin dogs barked together in unison and snapped at the heels of the marching twin soldiers. By and by they reached the great wall surrounding the High Kai's palace, 
and, sure enough, there was never a gate in the wall by which any might enter. But when the Kai and the Kai Kai had blown a shrill signal upon two pairs of whistles, they all beheld two flights of silver steps begin to descend from the top of the wall, and these came nearer and nearer the ground, until at last they rested at the feet of the Kai. Then the old men began ascending the steps carefully and slowly, and the captains motioned to the prisoners to follow. So Prince Marvel followed one of the Kai up the steps, and Nurl the other Kai, while the two Kai Kai came behind them, so they could not escape. So to the top of the wall they climbed, where a pair of twin servants in yellow and green, which seemed to be the royal colors, welcomed them and drew up the pair of silver steps, afterward letting them down on the other side of the wall, side by side. They descended in the same order as they had mounted to the top of the wall, and now Prince Marvel and Nerle found themselves in a most beautiful garden, filled with twin beds of twin flowers with many pairs of rare shrubs. Also there were several double statuettes on pedestals, and double fountains sending exactly the same sprays of water the same distance into the air. Double walks ran in every direction through the garden, and in the center of the enclosure stood a magnificent twin palace, built of blocks of white marble exquisitely carved. The Kai and the Kai Kai at once led their prisoners toward the palace, and entered at its large arched double doors, where several pairs of servants met them. These servants, they found, were all dumb, so that should they escape from the palace walls, they could tell no tales of the High Kai. The prisoners now proceeded through several pairs of halls, winding this way and that, and at last came to a pair of golden double doors leading into the throne-room of the mighty High Kai. Here they all paused, and the Kai Kai both turned to the prince and Nerl and said, "'You were the only person, excepting ourselves and the palace servants, who have ever been permitted to see the High Kai of Twy. As you are about to die, that does not matter.' But should you by any chance be permitted to live, you must never breathe a word of what you are about to see under penalty of a sure and horrible death. The prisoners made no reply to this speech, and after the two Kai Kai had given them another mild look from their gentle blue eyes, these officials clapped their twin hands together, and the doors of gold flew open. A perfect silence greeted them, during which the double Kai and the double Kai Kai bent their four bodies low, and advanced into the throne room, followed by Prince Marvel and Nerle. In the center of the room stood two thrones of dainty filigree work in solid gold, and over them were canopies of yellow velvet the folds of which were caught up and draped with bands of green ribbon. And on the throne were seated two of the sweetest and fairest little maidens that mortal man had ever beheld. Their lovely hair was fine as a spider's web. Their eyes were kind and smiling, 
their cheeks soft and dimpled, their mouths shapely as a cupid's bow, and tinted like the petals of a rose. Upon their heads were set two crowns of fine spun gold, worked into fantastic shapes, and set with glittering gems. Their robes were soft silks of pale yellow, with strings of sparkling emeralds for ornaments. Anything so lovely and fascinating as these little maids, who were precisely alike in every particular, neither Prince Marvel nor Nerle had ever dreamed could exist. They stood for a time spellbound, and filled with admiration, while the two pairs of rulers bowed again and again before the dainty and lovable persons of their high kai. But it was hard for Nerle to keep quiet for long, and presently he exclaimed, in a voice loud enough to be heard by all present, "'By the great kikakoo of our friends the Kai, these darling high kai of Twi are sweet enough to be kissed!' End chapter 15 This story will continue on the next recording.